0: 2020, the year we developed a brand new acronym, WFH, Work From Home. It's funny because if I told you 12 months ago that you would be able to ditch the office and work remotely from your house, you would have been stoked. No commute, no morning traffic, working at home in your pajamas if you want to, no micromanaging boss breathing down your neck, and more importantly, fewer of those annoying meetings in the conference room where people use cliche phrases like, Hey, let's circle back on that. Twelve months ago, you would have high-fived me and said, yeah, Dan, I want to work remotely. But a funny thing happened on the way to complete career autonomy. We got everything we wanted, and we're not dealing well with it. A new study by FlexJobs and the Mental Health Alliance says 75% of employees are experiencing burnout in the work-from-home age. That number has gone up almost 40 points since March. What do you do when the WFH life turns into WTF? I'm going to give you the five red flags of work from home burnout. I'm going to give you some of my best strategies to help you take back control of your life starting right now. Plus, you know we always go deeper on the podcast. A couple existential questions to help you get really clear on the underlying cause of the stress and help you find clarity on what you really want. Welcome to episode 116 of Life Amplified. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. It's been a couple years since we've done an episode on work burnout, but the conversation is very different now. Than it was in 2018 Now the definition of burnout Is the same as it was two years ago I've always defined career burnout As the result of what happens When the energy required To meet your daily work obligations Exceeds the amount of energy That you have in reserve Why is it a different conversation? Because, well, obviously in 2020, you have more things draining your energy than ever. This is not just a conversation about how do you relate to your work. This is how are you juggling the responsibility of managing your kids when they're learning from home? How are you juggling the home responsibilities of playing chef, housekeeper, also while worrying about your family's health And keeping an eye on all the news headlines when it's not just a pandemic, but social protests, a down economy, and a crazy political season. So whether you're a person listening today who is just struggling to set boundaries because of the demands of COVID culture, whether you're a person who's working harder because you're afraid of a potential job layoff, or whether you're a person who's just working longer as a coping mechanism to deal with the loneliness and isolation of social distancing, all roads lead to burnout. So let's talk very quickly about the five red flags to watch for that would let you know if you are in a state of burnout. Number one is pretty obvious. You work around the clock. You know, this conversation two years ago would have been about, well, you got to find balance between work and home life. But what do you do when work and home are now the same place? So many people have lost the luxury of leaving the office and having that time to decompress on the drive home before you have to be with your family. And the interesting statistic, is, much as we expected to have more freedom and flexibility over our schedules in the remote work life, think about it, you know, there, there's no long commute to and from work. There's less time having to get dressed up and get a suit in the morning or get the kids off to school. Somehow in the middle of all this, we've ended up working more. A new study has come out that said that the average American employee in the first five months of the shutdown worked an additional 59 hours. Now, do the math... That is seven, eight-hour workdays that we have added on in the first half of the year. Completely unpaid, by the way. I, I doubt you're getting overtime for that. And the more hours that you're putting in, the higher your stress level goes, the less that you're sleeping. And think about some of the residual effects that happen. You don't have the energy to cook a meal, right? So a lot of unhealthy food choices are made. It's easier to hit up DoorDash. Uber Eats, order out. I'll be honest, at the beginning of the shutdown, the grocery stores for me were just a non-starter. I didn't even want to go there because I was so worried that it might be a super spreader environment, but it was also just a pain in the butt to navigate the grocery store. You know, the Whole Foods near me had cut down how many customers could get in at a time. There was usually a line out the back door. So I found myself just getting into habits of ordering out more, which was the least healthy thing that you could do, especially when the gym was shut down. And I don't even have any children or a family to deal with. So I can't imagine what that has been like for the parents. But that brings us to the second red flag of work from home burnout. Because as you become more depleted, as you're more tired, as you put on the quarantine pounds, which is the average weight gain this year for most people, procrastination begins to increase because there's just no energy or bandwidth to deal with some of the difficult projects in front of you. So many people find themselves kicking the can down the road, delaying decisions that they need to make, delaying on projects till the last minute, which also adversely affects self-esteem because the more that you're procrastinating, that can also increase feelings of failure, which leads us to red flag number three in the work from home life. When you're struggling, just judging yourself about your ability to get it all done, when there is a project in front of you that you're unclear about the next step on how to get it done for work, there's nobody to talk to when things are in the toilet. One of the things I think a lot of people embraced at the beginning of the shutdown was, oh my God, I'm getting so much more done. I'm not doing all the social time at work where I stand at the cube and talk to my neighbor. I'm not getting distracted at the water cooler or in the kitchen at the coffee station, but there is something to be said for workplace co-regulation to overcome problems and to often just meet those social needs that we have away from home. Red flag number four for work from home burnout is that mindset that I have to do more. I think that there was a time early on in my corporate career where I used to find value in how late in the office I stayed. When I think about like in my 20s, in the early days, working in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, I'd be the guy there till seven o'clock at night. And I thought that I was really, you know, showing my value to the bosses by doing that. And, you know, there were certainly times when people were out the door straight at five o'clock. I'd be like, well. They're just not as passionate as I was. Now, uh, over the course of 20 years of working in corporate and becoming more jaded, uh, toward the end, I was so miserable. I might have been the first guy out of the office. But think about that. If you're a person who used to pride yourself on staying late, well... Now, there's nobody to compare yourself to. You kind of have to guess when other people have wrapped it up for the day. And for the hyper competitive person who wants to prove their value, we're gonna talk about your attachment style and how it's leading to work burnout coming up in a second. But it creates that mindset well, I've got to do more, I've got to be more. And when you consider how many people have been laid off and how many employees have been asked to take pay cuts, that just pours gasoline on the fire. Nobody wants to be on the receiving end of the HR call saying, well, I'm sorry, we've eliminated your position. But in the effort to be loved and in the effort for the recognition of your bosses, you begin working more hours, which conversely leads to less productivity, the more exhausted that you are. So you kind of create this self-fulfilling prophecy of I want to prove them enough. I want to prove them enough. Oh, God, now I'm so tired. I'm not doing enough. And it means I just need to work even longer. It just becomes an unending cycle. The fifth sign of work from home burnout, I want you to consider if this has come up for you, you stop adulting. You know, think about it. There's no need to get up super early and shower and shave and get dressed every day because you might not even have a Zoom meeting. You know, you can just get by like you are. A lot of the research says that we're sleeping less this year. We're staying up later at night watching more Netflix and actually getting out of bed 15 minutes before the workday starts. But as your energy decreases and you become more emotionally and spiritually exhausted over the course of this pandemic, it can lead to laziness. And you're not taking care of yourself the way that you once did. And the danger is, is that you can start to become a hermit. After a while, you know, where you're cut off from the world uh, and it's nice at first because, you know, there's no responsibility. It feels good for a few days, but that mindset can very quickly become toxic, you know, and we're going to talk here about a few strategies on some things that you can implement at the surface level to get your momentum back. But what I'm also going to do is share some deeper mindset questions when it comes to where you're at with your job and career. The first step to help you reclaim your life and overcome burnout comes from Blake Ashforth of Arizona State University. He's a researcher who who wrote a pretty well-known paper about the ways people make the transition from their work to non-work roles. Now, he uses the term boundary crossing activities. And according to his paper, when you're putting on your work clothes or you're commuting from home to work, those are physical and social indicators that you're transitioning from home you into work you. Now, it can be so pleasant and so tempting When you're way into this pandemic of not having to deal with a commute or not having to deal with the early wake-up call to get showered and changed and look presentable, but it may very well be worth keeping those routines in your life. One of my clients actually had a lot of success setting up her alarm at the old time that she used to wake up getting up in the morning, full shower, makeup, hair, the whole nine yards, and then she would go to Starbucks to get her morning coffee and spend 30 minutes in the car just taking a drive around her city and listening to a podcast. For her, it created some structure in her life, and when she got back into her apartment, you know, usually around eight thirty, it was almost like she was walking in in a workplace mindset. And then at 5.30, at the end of the day, she would literally shut down her computer, change into gym clothes, and go for a two-mile run every day, which again was just sort of a way to signal to her body she was out of work mode and getting back into uh, just being her regular life. So for you, I would encourage you to think, what are the ways that you can create that emotional refractory period to bridge the gap into the workday and then back out of the workday, whether that's just taking a long walk at the end of the day and calling a friend, listen to a podcast, maybe get up and do some yoga in the morning before work. I I don't know what that trigger is for you, but really think about that, establishing a bridge from waking up into the workday and then also a bridge uh, to take you from the end of work back into your normal life. Also, number two, not a very sexy tip. It's something that you've heard before. You might eye roll, but it is everything. You have got to set boundaries around your schedule, which means just because you're at home doesn't mean you need to be working. You need to establish a set start time for your day and also an end time and making sure that you're working in some time here and there for breaks and a legitimate lunch break away from your desk. And I understand the anxiety. I know so many people who have been laid off because of the economy right now. And I know that the furloughs are real, but you are not useful to anybody in your life if you're in a state of burnout. That's true for your employer, but that's also true for your family, your kids, and your friendships as well. Number three, and this one is so important for the people in relationships or married with children. Set aside a time every Sunday to plan out your week with your partner. You know, having two people on Zoom calls at the same time can sometimes be stressful if nobody's watching the kids. So work out. What are the meetings that you have to attend? When is your partner's? And see if you can't work around each other's schedule. It's also just a great way to check in and emotionally support each other. Being able to go to your partner and say, hey, what is the win that you want to get this week? And and being able to support them and cheer them on and have them ask the same to you. We talked about that idea of not having your coworkers or your boss immediately available to you if things are tense, if things are going south. More than ever, you need to be in each other's corner to have that reciprocity and that support and that trust. So if you could set aside 30 minutes on a Sunday and plan out your week together, that is everything, especially in an age where the divorce rate is up by 35% this year because of living and working at home together. And tip number four Make sure you're still using your vacation time. I know that dream European vacation that you were planning on or the Alaskan cruise probably is not on the table right now, but it doesn't mean that you can't take time off and not just taking time off to lay in bed all day, but really taking time off intentionally creating a plan, creating a structure for things that will rejuvenate you during that time. You know, staycations are a great thing right now. Even, you know, driving an hour or two out of town, going somewhere in the vicinity within driving distance of where you live and getting an Airbnb with your partner. Just taking that time to completely disconnect from electronics and really building in some safe time, some connection time and restorative time for you. But here comes the important question. Dan, I've heard a lot of these strategies. I've read about them over the course of the shutdown. I've tried them, and it's not working. Then what do I do? I want to give you some deeper level questions to consider, right? This is when we get into the real subconscious stuff. Because as it pertains to your relationship with work, And why you're overworking. You know, a lot of times what I've learned is that we get our needs met through our work the same way we learn to get our needs met in childhood. So I want you to ask, am I working myself to death out of a sense of obligation? There was another study that came out recently that said the average age that a worker reaches burnout is now 32 years old. Can you imagine that? You spend all this time going to college, getting the degree, working your way up the ladder, and then by 32, you feel like you have nothing left in the tank. And oh, by the way, you probably got to work another 30 years before you're going to be able to be close to retirement. That is not healthy. But why are people experiencing burnout at a younger age? 47% of the people in the survey said that there was a pressure that they felt that they always had to be on during work. And I promise you, if you're a person who is experiencing that feeling yourself, that is not Related exclusively to your job, that is a pattern that goes way back beginning in childhood. It's really the root of anxious attachment, which we've talked about so much on this podcast, right? You know, when you had that pressure growing up to be the quote-unquote perfect little boy, perfect little girl, that you grew up in a family where image was everything and that you wanted to be the good kid so that it reflected well on your family— That will absolutely carry over into the workforce. By the way, another sign of people who are anxious attachment are the fear that safety or love will be withheld from them. And what is another reason that people are overworking right now? 29% of people in the same survey said that they're terrified that they're going to lose their job. Depending on your family structure, you might have been conditioned growing up that if you didn't do the right thing, that if you didn't work hard, that there was a punishment, that there was a withholding of love if you didn't do enough. And again, that is another dynamic that will play into the workforce. I'm anxious my income will be taken away, my livelihood will be taken away. I am anxious that the authority figure, my boss, will not like me and they'll disapprove of me, which is really familiar because my parents were authority figures and I have the same dynamic there. So these are some of the subconscious factors that are working just under the surface if those surface level strategies I give you are not helping. We talked about anxious attachment. Let's talk about our friends who are in avoidance. There are so many people who are working that extra 59 hours over the, the first six months of the year because they're trying to avoid the feelings of discomfort. That being safe in their work and being buried behind the computer is a way to not have to deal with the outside stress and the craziness of the world happening right now and in many instances it can be a way to not address the cracks in our relationships at home if there's a loss of intimacy or the passion's gone and you and your partner are living like roommates many people will bury themselves more in work is a way to not deal with it. How many times have you heard couples talk about, well, we don't have sex anymore, but we're just so busy with work? Usually work is just a symptom. It's not the main cause of that disconnection. And we've certainly seen over the course of this year, many high profile marriages, Kelly Clarkson, Rachel Hollis, it, a, a lot of people where the relationships and marriages have been exposed living and working under the same roof. The second point I wanted to address away from just the attachment patterns that are established in childhood that also run themselves in our careers is, is it time to get radically honest? Are you struggling right now to find that motivation at work because your work no longer speaks to you? We know statistically that two-thirds of American workers were disengaged at their job even before the pandemic, and there are so many ways that we will rationalize staying in a job that is beneath us in many ways. It's not aligned with our skills and talents. People will say, Well, look, Dan, I, I don't really like my job, but the paycheck is so good. I, I'm addicted to the paycheck. And other people will tell me, You know, Dan, look, I don't love my job, but I love my coworkers. And here we are right now, living in an age where you're only seeing your coworkers on Zoom. And many people have been asked to take a pay cut. Because of the recession. So that dependable paycheck is either smaller or there is a very real threat that it will go away. And perhaps now all you're left with is a laptop, a Zoom room, and a pile of work that you don't even love anymore. That is the recipe for the proverbial midlife crisis. And if you're a person who has discovered here over the pandemic that you're no longer passionate about the actual work that you do and you're searching for a higher purpose, a higher calling, if you want to do something more meaningful to you, that genie is not going to get put back in the bottle. That is not going to go away when coronavirus passes and there is a vaccine on the market. So whether you're a person who realizes that you are not aligned with your purpose or you realize that some of these attachment issues are running your life and how you show up in your career, the other step that you have to do is talk to an expert in these areas. You need a coach or a therapist who can help you work through these things. Over the course of the last month, we've shared so many Transformation Tuesday episodes with you with some of my clients who were in the same spot. You know, if you go back to the episode about changing your life, even in a pandemic, I think of my client, Christy. There was somebody who was completely overworked and the burnout had made her so ineffective Her family's business was on the verge of bankruptcy, but as she also shared in that episode and in her testimonial, she was very much a person who was just showing up for work out of a sense of obligation especially to her family. So the more that she was able to actually disconnect from the job, reconnect to herself, uh, engage with passions that light her up, she became more effective in her job. They actually went from the verge of bankruptcy to record revenue in the span of eight weeks. And now she is bowing out of the family business and, in fact, officially just got certified as a personal trainer, so she's ready to go start her own business. You know, if you listen to the episode with my client, Jacqueline Mariano, she thought that she was in a dream corporate job and as she reconnected to her own purpose and did the inner work through our coaching programs, all of a sudden she realized she was selling herself short, that there was such a much bigger dream within her that she wanted to bring to the world. So there is somebody who started a side hustle and turned it into her main income once she got laid off from what was supposed to be the secure corporate job. I'm making finger air quotes right now as I say secure because the the job truly wasn't. So, you know, those episodes, the whole reason we share them was to help you understand what's possible for you right now. Whether you're burned out, whether you're disengaged at your job, whether you're just living in panic that you're not enough and you're pushing yourself on the hamster wheel to the point of exhaustion, that's all fixable. Those are just patterns. That's not really who you are. And with the right mentorship, you can get clarity to quickly shift that energy, reclaim your life, and really create a career and life that you love, even if your career and home life are kind of the same location right now. So if I can help you bust through on that, it would be my greatest honor to serve you. Uh, So many clients have moved through the challenges of this year with ease, with certainty, with confidence, and with the best results of their life, actually. Would love to add you to that list. You can find out more about one-on-one coaching with me and fill out an application by going to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. It works like this. You fill out the application and then you schedule a complimentary discovery call with me. We'll jump on a Zoom call, but I promise ours will be so much more fun than the BS that you're dealing with at work. We'll talk more about your goals, what's in the way, and how we can rapidly accelerate your results. So, creative soulcoaching.net for more info on that. In the meantime, if the podcast serves you, would you please share this with a friend? Even if you're a person who feels like you're crushing it right now in the remote work lifestyle, maybe you know somebody that's struggling. If you could share this message with them, it would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram and Twitter, tag me at CSC Dan Mason. And if you're so inclined, uh, for my friends listening on Apple Podcasts, those five star ratings and reviews mean the world it really helps us with the algorithm and helps us reach more people otherwise wherever you're listening just make sure that you give us a follow you'll be getting two episodes a week through the end of the year it is such an honor to spend this time with you every week thank you so much for making the podcast part of your weekly routine and in the meantime turn down the volume on your negativity turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified i'll talk to you next week